Welcome to the American Society of Regional Anesthesia, Regional Anesthesia and Pain Podcast, ASRA Wrap. I'm your host, Raj Gupta. Today, we have a special episode for you. We just got done with the ASRA World Congress in New York City last week. And at the World Congress, we did two Facebook Live events from the exhibit hall. These special events, we included anyone who walked by, friends, new people that we met to come in and talk to us about their experiences during the meeting. And we had so many wonderful people stop by and talk to us from around the globe. We wanted to share this audio with you so you can listen to it if you haven't had a chance to visit the Facebook page and watch the video. You can go both places and see our faces and see the exhibit hall and all the excitement that's going on there, or just take a listen to us here. This is the first part from Thursday, April 19th, from the opening ceremonies and wine and bubbly reception in the exhibit hall. Stay tuned for part two, which will be coming out next week. That will include the event from Friday, April 20th, where we had the reception for all the new ASRA members, and we had a meet and greet with all new ASRA members. So make sure to check that out next week as well, and it'll come out on the podcast feed. All these are available on the American Society of Regional Anesthesia and Pain Medicine Facebook page, or you can find all the information on ASRA.com. And don't forget, we have two big meetings coming up in the next year. This fall is the ASRA Fall Pain Meeting, and that's going to be in San Antonio, Texas. So make sure to go to ASRA.com to look out for the Fall Pain Meeting. That's going to be fantastic. And then next spring, I'm chair of the ASRA Spring Meeting for Regional Anesthesia and Acute Pain in Las Vegas, Nevada. So that's also going to be a fantastic meeting. So if you hear and like the energy that, that we're telling you here at the exhibit hall on this Facebook Live uh, podcast. If you like that kind of energy, if you want to meet some of these people in person, make sure to come to these meetings. That's where you're going to meet them in person and get to really interact with them. So we look forward to seeing you at those meetings and enjoy the podcast. So we're in New York City. Finally, we came. We made it. World Congress ASRA 2018. We had our first big day today. What do you think, guys? A couple months of talk, finally building up to it, and so far it's been great. Uh, I know uh, I know Gary and I spent a lot of time in the uh, total knee session. Yeah, with, let's talk uh, about that a little bit. So let's just good way to start off. Here's Gary Schwartz, by the way. Some of you guys have heard him on the podcast. Yeah. Eric Schwenk, of course, Thank you very much. So we're going to have some other people hop in and. We'll get everybody on there, but we want to talk a little bit about... Before the knee, I think we should uh, thank uh, Vincent Chan for uh, planning the great meeting and Dr. Liguori for his uh, ASRA award today, in addition to Colin McCarty for uh, serving the board for five years and uh, Nabil, the new member to the ASRA board. I hope I'm not missing anyone. I think, he, I think he's going to be roaming around here. We'll grab Nabil if we can find one of him pretty soon. Yeah, we'll so. catch him later. Today was a great first day. Uh, Eric and I ascended uh, the Total Knee Arthroplasty Roundtable, which I know was a new endeavor from ASRA, uh, discussing with patients, orthopedic surgeons, and anesthesiologists the optimal way to perform a total knee and uh, patient, surgeon, and anesthesiologist thoughts pre, intra, and post-operatively. I thought it was a big success. Standing room only. So that was something new this year, right? So what do you guys what do you guys think? Uh, so we're live on Facebook right now, right there. Say hi. You want to say hi? If you lean in, you can say hi. <laughs> we don't have anybody watching. There's just maybe there's only a couple thousand people watching right now. So you're welcome to join in if you want to. Two actually, but we're we're heading in the right direction. <laughs> right, we're at two people. Yeah. No, I think um, I think what was unique yeah. what, what was unique about, about today was that one there was a patient. 
So you had a patient perspective, and sometimes you say, "Oh, this you know this procedure doesn't hurt that much." Yeah. You know the recovery is not that bad. Yeah, it's nice to have a patient in there to kind of put a face with everything. So tell me a little bit about that patient thing, because I missed this session. So they were talking about what they were experiencing with pain before surgery, immediately after surgery, and then long-term after surgery. What, what, kind of, what were they saying at that? I think one thing that the patient uh, expressed was that uh, her replacements were very different experiences. She had had, uh, I guess, both knees replaced, and the other one, there must have been some time between them because, I guess, the protocols and the the overall pain afterwards was pretty substantially different and the surgeons kind of commented that you know no knee is the same and I think that's true I mean it's same anesthesiologist same surgeon you know same multimodal protocol and for some reason one knee just has you know a much different outcome and maybe not outcome but at least the the post-op period and the the weeks after are different so I think that's to be expected if you have both of them but it was just nice to put a face to it to get the patient's perspective um, sometimes things that you think don't hurt maybe hurt a little bit more. You know, she ended up with, I think, one or two weeks of Dilaudid afterwards for pain. And, uh, you know, we're certainly heading in the direction of maybe not doing that as much. But that was her experience. Yeah. And um, also having the surgeons up there was great. I mean, the surgeon's perspective, as much as we joke about... Uh, hey, guys. As, mu- as much... As much as we uh, <laughs> joke about, you know, rivalries and uh, anesthesia versus uh, ortho, you know, it was actually great to have both involved. I got Nabil uh, Al-Kasimani making faces, faces over there right trying, to, trying to mess right us up. We've already been talking to you about He's going to be interviewed so next. Come and join us. Yeah. So I've got Jenny Norenberg behind me. She's from San Diego. Hi there. How's it going, guys? Come around this way. Don't trip on the wires. Nabil's going to join us. So, Chad from uh, University of Miami. Hey, you want to join us on you, camera? Chad. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. We have random people coming up and meeting us in front. So Nabil actually is the uh, the lead for the knee panel. So I'm going to give Nabil yeah. the microphone for a second. We were just talking about your uh, your so knee Nabil, panel from here. earlier. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So Nabil is uh, is is our newest board member for the Azure board. Yes. And so you get credit for that. But we were just talking about the total knee arthroplasty panel that we just had that um, I got to miss because I was teaching a workshop and Eric and uh, Gary were talking about I don't know, Jenny, did you go to that uh, panel, yes. the 360 panel? So yes. you guys all went to that. Yes. Um, obviously, that's something new, having surgeons, patients, everybody in the same place talking about an experience that many of us have taken care of patients doing. What, what do you think you got out of it that was new that you didn't know about the patient's experience or the surgeon's perspective? Uh, I think like, you know, having a patient was a blast. And she was actually very honest and sincere, and she gave us a, a very nice feedback about the expectation. Uh, I think having her was a big like, you know, asset to this session. And that type of session I've actually have not seen like, you know, done in Azra or the ASA before, or any of the anesthesia meetings I've been to. Yeah. So there was Greg Ligori and Vincent Chan actually insisted that we're going to have no PowerPoint. I was nervous about that, to be honest, in the beginning, because it was going to be free flow and it's a fair game. Any question is a fair game. We're going to talk about it. Exactly. But it worked out beautifully, actually. Yeah, I think, like, you know, Greg did a very nice job, like, in running and moderating the session. And he went to the, with the flow, like, you know, from pre-op to intra-op to post-op, even going into the subacute and the chronic phase. So that was, like, you know, very nice. Please ignore the witch behind me. So. I think she just left. Yes, sorry. Yes. We are on Broadway, so. We are. Very nice. Yes. And there was somebody from Cats as well. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I just don't Lion see her around. Lion King. And the Lion King. 
yeah. Cabaret, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. There's the Phantom back there. Oh, the Phantom's on uh, behind us, sneaking around. Who <laughs> on? So. Yeah. So. The Phantom of the Convention. Hey, last year it was the Chinese Dragon, so you know this is not unusual. Yeah. So, come on, come around this way. Yeah. So go around the. Go around so the we actually yeah. we had one of the surgeons was from your own. Yeah, yeah. So Greg Polkowski, I know he was invited from Vanderbilt to yes. come. He's fantastic to work with. I, I feel upset that I didn't get a chance to go to this session. Uh, I, honestly, uh, sneaking yeah. behind me is Uma Shastri. She's also from Vanderbilt. How are you, Uma? Good, thanks. How are you? We were just talking about the total knee arthroplasty panel that they just went through, the 360 roundtable with Greg. Yeah. And so, so what I want to know, what I want to know is, um, so anesthesiologists, we always do everything right. Absolutely. Right. right. So no what, doubt. what did you learn that wasn't quite right that we thought we were doing right? Um, so the, the feedback. Uh, so what I learned that, you know, at the end of the day, honestly, we can just beat a dead horse and talking about the evidence and which anesthetic is better or which probably the optimal, like multimodal analgesia. But in terms of the patient experience, it's mainly a lot of it is is dictated by the surgeons unless unless we have a very active role in in crafting this preoperative experience. So essentially, the, the patient is going to do whatever the surgeons are going to tell Right. Them. So if we don't get the surgeons on board, no. then we're just talking to ourselves and we're not going to actually implement change that's exactly. going to be meaningful, right? So maybe, maybe, just maybe, like, you know, our customers, now rather than being just the patient, maybe actually we should, like, you know, cater, like, you know, more to surgeons, to educating them and trying to essentially line up with them and try to have them as our allies so they can be our best advocates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, and I think that's always been the, the solution to this problem. Instead of uh, just discussing this amongst ourselves, trying to convince the patients the best thing, if the surgeons are not on board, we end up arguing. Exactly. We're not actually making productive change. Yeah. That's fantastic. So we got so many cool things. Very nice. We got, we got another of my Vandy folks here. Lane Crawford's here. back here. Hey. Lane's, Lane, we're live hey, on Facebook over that. there on that uh, iPad, woo! sitting over there. And I uh, and I just have to say, like, you know, uh, yeah, hey, we got some more people coming in. We got some of our uh, and this guy, folks okay, here. come I, over here, come I over here. I have to say, like, you no, know, this up. guy, right? So be, yeah, because yeah. of Facebook and because of Twitter, like, you know, this, yeah. uh, this guy's a virtual friend. See, we have, and I think today essentially is becoming like you know, a real person to me. Yeah, well, this uh, is the first time we met, right? Yeah, exactly. Here. Same for us. So Amit and I and all of us, we've been communicating like little circles on Twitter. And all we see is a little tiny head with a scrub hat on and some glasses, and that's all we get to see. So now this person actually talks and moves and stands in front of us. And I'm, I'm not quite as tall as I thought I was in comparison <laughs> to that was kind of Well, next to Nabil, like, all of us feel a little bit shorter. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, this is the thing that's incredible about a conference like this, is that we've all... Here, come in closer so that people can see how tall you really are. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, there we go. We get in the light. So this is Amit Pawa, for those of you guys who don't know. He's from all the way from London. Lloyd, how are you? We've, we haven't got a chance to meet in person either. So, hey, so we need to turn that iPod. Hey, Gary, can you just turn that a little bit this way? This, there you go. Perfect. Excellent. So we, this is the World Congress. So this World Congress, we got people from 
all the way across the pond coming to join us. You know, I, just as a comment about the walk, and Rosie's back here too. Hey, Rosie, how are you? Hey, Raj, how are you? I didn't get a hug. Sorry. Did you get a hug? I we can't. I'll give you a hug too. I'll give you a hug. I think we hugged last night. So that's okay, okay, okay. That's a different story. So, um, I was at. Uh, I did a workshop this afternoon, and we had about 20 people in the workshop, and I asked people where they're from. I said, how many people are from the U.S.? One hand. How many people from North America? Total two hands, including that one person from the U.S. We had two people from Chile, one from Peru, four from Australia, two from Japan, one from Korea, one from Sudan. Wow. I mean, this is the World Congress. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, you tweeted that, and I picked up. So we had Pakistan, um, where do we have Bolivia, Australia, New Zealand. It's incredible. It's 80 countries that are here, and 40% of the attendees. So it's not like 80 people. It's it's 40% of the 2,700 registrants are from out of North America. So that doesn't even include Canada. We're not cheating and using Canada as the, uh, the the international group. We're counting them as North America. Lloyd, come in here. You can Lloyd, tattoo. Lloyd, come in, because at so, the moment so, they can just see the side of your body. Yeah, yeah. Face, the camera show. So, so, so here's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about what you found interesting. Today was a big day. There was a lot going on. We had a lot of interesting sessions. Obviously, not all of us can be at everything, yeah. right? So... What struck out to you? What what jumped out to you is something that's unique, something special that you're going to take home with you. I would say that this morning I very much enjoyed the pro cons. Um, People had fun with it, didn't they? Yes, exactly. Um, there was a lot of what what would you call it? Perhaps role play. Um, role play theater. And I think there was people who were um, telling a story, and then. Um, it allows people to relate to what they're saying so they will recall more of uh, the talks. So yeah, I very much enjoyed it. And I also enjoyed the fact that Ahmed managed to persuade a whole room of people that actually, if you do a GA for a hip fracture, as long as you do it right and 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 well, well maybe I'll don't mess up don't mess up yeah. yeah if you try to keep your parameters and keep your um, pressure in the zone that you want it and you look after everything that maybe uh, a careful GA isn't so bad but what's even more interesting is that then after the talks then we heard the two um, the two abstracts yes. um, of the meeting which actually then told us, although they were a uh, retrospective, that perhaps there is um, an advantage in uh, mortality with using spinals for hip fractures. So, I mean, hey, we published that paper at Vanderbilt like three years ago. The interesting thing, yeah. <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about the Procon debate, it's a relaxed format in which to get education and information out in a way that people should remember it. Yeah, And listen, exactly. you know, this is the World Congress of Regional Anesthesia. We love regional anesthesia, but if we never challenge our assertions, then we'll never really justify what it is that we're doing. And that's why I think the ProCon debate is hey, and, and just as a plug, I'm moderating two ProCon sessions on Friday. This guy, 
is getting round two on his ProCon debate, so he's going to be Meg back Rosenblatt. for action. She's, yeah. she's, she's, going she's for dangerous. It. you got to watch out for her. She's really trouble. She almost ran me over today in a workshop trying to make sure I got something done for her. But she's, she's brutal, so uh, you're in for a fight. Well, I'm really forward to it. What I'd like to do, if I can, yeah. is my colleague over here, Kareem. El- yeah, Kareem, Kathy. come in here. Come in here. So, yeah. sorry, sorry. so, so this guy has, has recently joined uh, the department here, here. of guys in St. Thomas. He's coming, Kareem. Don't let me Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> uh, so Kareem has just recently appoint, uh, appoint, um, been appointed to our department at Guys and St. Thomas's as one of our most published members of the department, of the consultant body. So he's, what are you, like 23 or something like, like that? He's like 24, 24. <laughs> Say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Yes. Hi, welcome so, to Azure World. Another Hashtag. person from across the pond. So I don't want to ignore these people behind me. Come in here. Come and have a chat. I know. Hi. All the way from across the pond. <laughs> yeah. We got some more reps from UK here. Yeah, uh, Jenny and Rosie I are talking about the uh, the Rapping Women and uh, Rapping Sig tomorrow meeting. So we're uh, we're discussing that and the uh, the explosion of fabulous women in uh, in Rapping and in Azure. So. Oh yeah, of course. Rosie, any uh, okay, any good. any highlights? Any highlights from today? From anything uh, you did? Highlights from today? Pocus. Pocus is where it's at. The uh, care, SIG was fantastic. Loads off. Now, really did you go to a workshop or a uh, hands-on no, no, or what kind uh, of uh, we went, just we went a panel? To, I, went to, I went to the SIG meeting and loads okay. of really enthusiastic people. Yeah, we uh, actually we were. Um, it was actually so good that Rosie and I spent half of the time chatting about it yeah. as it, as we were going on. Very nice. We were talking about it, and and actually we came up with uh, quite a few ideas, I think, and um, and I'm looking forward to RA UK, um, where Rosie's going to tenth and eleventh of May in Swansea, the sunny Swansea. Now, how much of a how much a point of care are you guys doing over over across the pond in so we uh, Ireland and uh, Britain? talking about that actually, because because um, I do a lot of gastric ultrasound, and because I, I did my fellowship with uh, with uh, with Anahi. Okay. And um, and uh, so I do a fair amount of gastric ultrasound. I don't do gastric ultrasound for um, for the standard elective black and white patients. You know, someone who's literally got a burger in their mouth, or someone who has not eaten. Trauma patient ate an hour ago. Exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. I use it on pretty much every patient that I have that's an acute emergency patient. Sure. Um, not just to guide my management, but also just to get me more comfortable with doing it. So I've got. Yeah, some bunny ears behind me. Oh, we've got we've got some more Pocus Pocus fans here. So we've got about a few hundred cases of it, and I just think that that actually we should just do it. There's very little harm with Pocus, right? No radiation, and you get some quick information. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely. Oh, hi. <laughs> hey, Angie. <laughs> Thanks, Angie. Gary, I'm gonna let you hop in for a sec here. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, but Pocus, just, just do it. You can pick up the probe, stick it on, and you get some great information. It doesn't take very long to get good at it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say it's vital. Yeah. People say, people say it's vital for the, the Pocus and the interoperative care of patients. Yeah. I mainly practice interventional pain and acute pain, but uh, my colleagues say it's a wonderful tool. Yeah, and it's so it's so easy to learn as well. You know, you just you pick up the probe. Uh, you know, you so, quick course. You know, Steve Haskins and Jan Bublik are running a fantastic course here with Azra. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and what this, do you guys this, think is the most useful part of Pocus? Is it the diaphragm, the fast exam, the TTE? What would you say? If, if someone had learned one thing on Pocus, 
What would your opinion they should learn? Me, love, 100% really? love. Yeah, you're doing, if you're doing upper limb blocks, now I know you're a gastric ulcer sign fan. No, I wouldn't say gastric, actually. I would say cardiac. I would, I would probably say cardiac. You think to get started? I think lung for starters. No, so if you could learn one thing and do it well. Give your one point why lungs should be the most important. Go on. Yeah, so, so for me, I think at the minute, lung, for, if you're talking about from nerve block things, to be able to do your nerve block, move your probe, be able to absolutely confirm that you haven't got pneumothorax, that there's nothing else going on. I, I think that the cardiac is fantastic, but it takes longer to learn. And it's something that if you're saying, right, I want to learn one thing, I want to learn quick, I want to get good at it. It's something I can, and I can, you know, in relation to nerve blocks, lung is great for that. In the long term, we're all going to be using FICE. We're all going to be using cardiac. So now what do you think cardiac is most So I think cardiac is probably the most important to learn early and learn it well. Um, because that's the one that we have very little alternatives to our diagnostic management, right? So, so when I have a patient that's clapped out, there's no other alternative than knowing what's happening with Maybe the Maybe a better anesthetic. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, but my problem is I'm a terrible anesthetist. So, so what do you think is the most useful part of the cardiac? Is it preoperatively to get more information before the operation, intraoperatively, which may be a little bit difficult as the patient is draped, or postoperatively for PACU care? I don't use too much focus, so I'm looking at your guys' input for this one. So I would say preoperatively, and we were talking about this, really um, risk stratifying patients and help and guide our, uh, our anesthetic decision making before we actually make a wrong decision. So for me, the two things are going to be looking at the IVC, making sure that the, state, the fluid status is acceptable, uh, and, and, two, um, and two is looking at the aortic valve. So I just want to know that that valve is opening and closing reasonably well. Um, obviously, I want to see contractility as well, but just the three really quick, simple things really can change our, our patient's outcome and how comfortable I am with my anesthetic. I think we have to be really careful in some ways. I think in the pre-op, in more the emergent setting, I think it's impossible. I, I think it's it's difficult to say. I run a, a pre-operative assessment clinic quite often, and it's difficult to say that, you know, with my limited experience, I'm certainly not better than a formal echo, but I agree you, with you completely. You can't that. always get a formal echo at yeah, exactly. 1 o'clock in the morning when someone's coming in for an emergency so I mean, case. The so. emergency, yeah. it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. As you say, get a quick look at LV function. It's honestly five, five echoes that you do yourself. You'll really get to be able to eyeball that LV function. IVC, yeah, and the aortic valve, it's fantastic. And again, when we're talking about focus, it's point of care ultrasound. Do you guys have any cases where you've noticed a dysfunction in a patient or that it changed your management that you guys could talk about, either of you? Oh, well, you can talk about gastric ulcer. It's fantastic. Uh, well, I mean, gastric ultrasound actually um, <laughs> helps me ad adapt and, and uh, modify my anesthetic management quite regularly. But what I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a really interesting case. It, well, it's not actually a clinical case. So I was I was teaching on uh, on gastric ultrasound in Toronto, and I, and I used to have these um, these two models, 19-year-old university students who would come every every time. So uh, the third time that I had them, it was a Sunday morning. Um, it was a workshop. Uh, it was 8 a.m. and they knew the plan. I, I tell them nothing to eat or drink after midnight. It's fine. So I scan the first one. They're really thin. You know, you put the probe on their their abdomen, and you can see the floor, right? And uh, I put the probe on the first one, and there was food in there. And I'm like, what is going on? What? There's food in there. Do you, do you, have you eaten anything? No. Have you drunk anything since midnight? No. So I popped the probe on the other one, and they're best friends. 
of the probe on the other one. And again, there was food in there. And I'm like, you guys, what did you do last night? And it turns out that what they actually did last night was they went to their friend's wedding. They ate lots. They drank lots. And it was eight hours since they last ate or drank anything. But because they were boozed up, there was there was a lot of stuff in their stomach. So that really made me think that actually since then, I asked patients, right, have you had anything to drink in the last 24 hours? You know, so that's one thing that I've learned from gastrocystam that's changed my practice. Did you check them again later to see when they showed that it was clear the gastric ultrasound or no, just out of curiosity? We had different models, and so I swapped them with. Uh, they, were, they went to spine, and I got someone who wasn't uh, who wasn't uh, thingy. But um, but uh, but quantifying how long it takes is a really interesting question. I think there's a lot of scope for research. I suspect Anna is probably already on that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Rosie? Anything with the point of care ultrasound that you learned or picked up on? For me, I think it's you know every time I do an upper limb block, I scan the lung before I start, and I scan the lung afterwards. You and yes, it's great. We've got ultrasound. The chance of us giving somebody a pneumothorax or so slim. But it's just nice to be able to see that the lung's working, that you haven't caused any damage. And then also, you know, at the end of a case, if you want to put on, you want to see what your anal is like, if somebody's got an effusion, it just gives you so much more information. Yes, we can get a chest x-ray. Yes, we can get a CT scan. But not immediately before surgery, not when the patient's just coming in. We're getting abuse here. We're getting abuse from the we're, we're talking about pokers. We're talking about we're the ta- future. We're uh, trying to educate people over yeah, here. Yeah, that's good. And we're just over here talking, uh, making fun of the people up here talking. Yeah, yeah. 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 One more thing we could just ask Rosie yeah. about. I see you have your woman in a yeah. rabbit. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, you want to yeah, talk yeah, about that a little bit? Please, please. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, um, open to everybody, not just women, but anybody who wants to support women in the regional RNC, all of these guys here. Um, yeah, so, from our point of view, like, regional is a very, very inclusive uh, specialty. You know, there's lots and lots of, of, of women in it, lots, and we, we always feel very, very supported, but I think that for people coming up, thank you very much. Do you see? That's you see? Right uh, this is why uh, right. so, Azra supports women. This, this, is, this is he for she here. Yeah, Somebody yeah. bringing me champagne while I, uh, while I discuss. So, the, one of the... the the core things behind women in rapid and all the the women in anesthesiology across the world is it's not re- it's not to separate people it's not to have women and men we don't want to be like that you know we're all equal we all we all feel very much the same way but I think it's it's about trying to promote um, women to kind of step forward a little bit a little bit with the Cheryl Sandberg leaning in so you know all about lots of us like have families have other commitments and things like that and sometimes can be a little bit left behind and not really sure how to how to advance ourselves and that's what we want to do just to provide a supportive group and you know with everybody involved so the SIG meetings tomorrow at lunchtime everybody's very very welcome hope to see you all there I think Lloyd will be there so what are you looking forward to in the meeting Lloyd since you swam across the Atlantic Ocean to yeah. get here yeah you know what um, I I was looking at the program for tomorrow, and there's a lot of really interesting stuff on. Um, there's one thing I actually that caught my eye in the program, and that's um, there's a whole there's a few talks about um, about these new agents that can prolong our blocks, and one of the most interesting ones is uh, neosaxitoxin. I'm really interested about it because there's been a lot of evidence um, about it from Boston recently, and and I'm intrigued as to when this is going to reach our clinical uh, practice. 
because I, there are a few studies that have shown a significant prolongation um, of block. And so I want to know, you know, when is this going to reach us? When can we use this? And if we can, how long are the blocks going to last? Uh, so I'm, I'm really interested in that. And how much control do you have over it? Because that's one of the fears with just injecting a medicine that lasts forever. Yeah. You don't want it to be there anymore. Exactly. And, you know, one of the other um, you know, I mean, issues with it is, you know, because... You know, is there is there potential in the future to have a, a an agent which will specifically only target uh, uh, in fibers and will be motor sparing, um, and that's another um, another area that potentially these new agents can um, really move us on in that area. You know, so I, think I, it's the, I think it's the golden goose everyone's looking for. Yeah. We can have motor sparing, pain relief for a prolonged period of time, as least to as little as any medications that we could add to it, yeah. and let the patient go home happy faster, quicker, no opiates, even less adjuvants if possible, because every medication has side effects, as we've seen in medicine. Absolutely. And that's what patients want. Their biggest fear a lot is pain after surgery. I don't the know if you... The side is having an opioid, that, an opioid that doesn't have side effects, right? If we can find a block that doesn't have motor effect and an opioid yes. that doesn't have side effects, we're in a whole new world of pain relief, right? And so we're waiting for that. Every day, every conference, every year, we keep waiting yeah. for somebody to say, yep, we got it. Yes. So maybe we'll see it tomorrow. I'm going to wrap this up. We're going we're gonna to be back tomorrow. Um, sometime in the mid-afternoon or early late morning early afternoon and we're going to come back here we're going to do another live stream these are all available after the fact on facebook live we're also going to take the audio we'll push it out on the podcast so that people can hear this later if they didn't catch it on facebook yeah so um join us tomorrow if you can if you look up on social media and find the time that when we uh finalize the time when we're going to do this and uh, come join us if you're here. Come watch us if you're not. And uh, I wish you were at Azra if you're not here, because this is where everybody else is. So I look forward to it. I look yeah. forward to meeting up and having some interesting conversations tomorrow, guys. Thank you. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>